over the last while, one of the ways which has been very helpful in communicating with people is over the phone, especially during the height of the lockdown when we couldn't be in physical contact with each other at all because a lot of people were cocooning. So I used the phone to keep in touch with people and contact people. And I was having a conversation not so long ago with someone in our church who is in their 20s. And they were telling me a story of a few years ago when they were going through quite a difficult season of life. They were feeling lonely, they were feeling down, and they had been pulling away a bit from their friends and from their family. And it started going out a bit too late at night, um, drinking a little bit too much, and struggling in just who they were and how they were feeling. Anyway, one night they came home late to their home, and it was very late, it was perhaps four in the morning, and they were sneaking into their house, and as they were sneaking in, they thought their parents would be awake, but the mother was sitting at the kitchen table and just stood up to give the person a hug and said, I'm so glad you're okay. I've been really worried about you over the last few months. And in that moment, this young person just broke down and got very upset. And they began to share with their parents what had been going on with them inside when no one knew. And I asked them on the phone, I said, what were you feeling in that moment? And I never forget what they said. They said, I always knew my parents loved me. But in that moment, I really felt that they loved me. It went from the head to the heart. And this person's doing great now and, and in a really great place. Today is Pentecost Sunday, the day when many people knew God, but by the power of the Spirit, they really began to feel God. Pentecost Sunday is such an important part of the life of the church. And the primary function of the role of the Spirit is so that we would feel loved. We would know that God truly loves us and is deeply connected to us. But for many of us, we have a misunderstanding of the Holy Spirit. For many years, the Holy Spirit has been ignored by the church, perhaps. There's been a much greater concentration on God the Father and God the Son, but not so much on God the Holy Spirit. Let's remember that the Holy Spirit is a He. He has a personality. He is part of the Holy Trinity, which we'll remember next Sunday. Three and one and one and three. An important part of the life of what it means for us to be Christians. I think he has been misunderstood. And that's probably not a, an unrealistic thing to say when we realize that in the authorized version, he hasn't been called the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Ghost. He can sound a bit crazy, a bit weird, a bit scary. But yet, on this day, Pentecost Sunday, we need to revisit and remember who he is and what he does. So very quickly, let me take us through what the Holy Spirit does. And let me remind us of how we got to Pentecost Sunday. 
At the very beginning of the Bible, in Genesis, we see that the Holy Spirit was there. In Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness, and over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. He is in creation, the Spirit, and He began everything and brought all things into life. He was waiting to do something new from the beginning, to bring out of the chaos the cosmos. Out of disorder, He brought order. Out of confusion, He brought harmony. Out of deformity, he bought beauty. Out of oldness, he bought newness. The Holy Spirit always brings new things to our lives, new attitudes, new desires, new ways of worship, new songs, new seasons, new joy, joy in the midst of change. The Holy Spirit is the creator spirit. He wants to bring new things, and we see him right at the start of the Bible. But secondly, as we go through the Bible, and this is very much skimming through the activity of the Spirit building up to Pentecost, we see the Spirit filling individuals for individual and particular times, for particular tasks that He's calling them to do. The line in the Old Testament, He filled them with His Spirit. God filled this person with their Spirit is so common. He filled Gideon for leadership. He filled Samson for strength and power. And he filled Isaiah for prophecy. And so the Spirit was there for individuals. But lastly, and looking forward to Pentecost, he was promised by the Father, not just for a few, but for many. And as we go to the Old Testament, there's a kind of rising sense of anticipation that something new is going to happen, a promise of the Father. So what is that promise? Well, Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Or in Joel it says, but afterwards I will pour out my spirit on all people, your sons and your daughters, regardless of gender. They will prophesy, your young men will dream dreams. Sorry, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions regardless of age. Even on my servants, regardless of rank, race, background, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And so there's a rising sense of expectation in the Old Testament. From the beginning of creation, the Spirit is hovering to anointing individual people to now promising, it, promising Him for all people. And that brings us to ascension last week. Through the ministry of Jesus, we've seen the Holy Spirit working and moving. We've seen Him at the baptism of Jesus. We've seen Him bringing healings. We've seen Him working through Christ. And then Jesus ascends to heaven and Jesus says, wait in the city, for you will be clothed with power as I send the Spirit. And so they're waiting in the upper room, a bit like our setting today, waiting for something new, waiting for the Spirit to come. And then as we heard from Naomi, the Spirit came. It said, suddenly a sound like a blowing of violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house, not just a little bit of the house, the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire, like these lights above me now. 
and they were separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them, not just particular people at particular times, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Not just like Moses, or not just like Samson, or not just like Gideon, not just like Isaiah, all of them were filled with the Spirit and began to speak to one another. And what was the reaction when the people saw this? Well, some people were amazed when Pentecost came. Some were amazed, but also some were perplexed. Some people made fun of them. They said, they're drunk. They had too much wine. They tried to give a natural explanation for a supernatural thing. And Peter then gets up and he says, let me explain to you what's happening. This is the Holy Spirit. And he goes and quotes from Joel, which I spoke about earlier. And he said, this is what God promised from of old that the Spirit would come and fill all people. I like to think about it as the time that the church moved from just being a pilot light institution to a full organic movement where the entire heat was on. You know your boiler where the pilot light is just on and then the heating comes on, the whole thing bursts into life and the heating, your house is filled and, and it's fueled. That's what happened at Pentecost, the birthday of the church. The Spirit came, the church came into existence, and all people received. The promise of the Father is fulfilled. The promise of all things we've been looking for. This promise of harmony, for beauty, for ashes, for creativity, of newness, of strength, of freedom, of compassion, of anointing, of living water. This promise is for you, this promise is for me, this promise is for us. But I think it's important to recognize that it's hard for us sometimes to see the activity of the Spirit. It's described in the prayer that we used in the opening clip from Walter Brueggemann. The Holy Spirit is described as the wind. And we can't see the wind, but we can see the result of it. We can hear the wind. We hear the stories of the Spirit moving in our lives. Another way we know that the wind is there is that we see it moving things. So, for example, in my hand with these pieces of paper, they remain stationary, but as the wind blows, we see the paper move, and as the Spirit blows, we see Him moving in our lives. And lastly, if we blow on our hands, you blow on your hand now, you can feel the Spirit. And so the Spirit, in closing, was there at the beginning. He was promised for all people and came at Pentecost. He leads us into all truth. He leads us to comfort. He leads us, the great counselor, the prince of peace. He leads us to that place of relationship with Jesus. And he is there for us all. And so let us encourage each other as we've tracked all the way through this season, looking at joy in the midst of change. Let's remember it was always the Spirit fueling joy. It was always the Spirit leading us to that place of love and hope. Let us remember that the Spirit moves us from not just knowing God, but feeling God, knowing that His joy is with us for all of us. And may that be a blessing, and may that be an encouragement as we move forward together in this season of new life. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.